It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. And I'm Ryan Zook. On this week's episode, we will be discussing the Michigan men's basketball team, one of the hottest squads in the country. The women's team continues its push for an NCAA tournament bid as well. Uh, it wasn't as great a week for the rest of Michigan's teams. We'll tell you why coming up on this episode of Wolverine Confidential. Well, Ryan, it's just the two of us again. Aaron is at the NFL Combine, leaving uh, leaving the A team to do the podcast again this week. Stopwatch uh, <laughs> dangling around his neck, I'm sure. Um, you know, timing these guys, measure you know his uh, the tape measures out. Measuring their hands. Their hands. Oh my god, the hand size thing is just unbelievable. Although Joe Burrow did have a pretty funny tweet last night. Yes. <laughs> about having to retire because his hands were pretty small. Yeah, he wouldn't be able to hold the football. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I don't understand it. Now the, the NFL football is a different size and shape than the college ball, so I guess there's some reason to say that it is actually a difference from from one level to the next. But come on, <laughs> to be become not a draft prospect just because. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't buy it. Well, uh, I feel like maybe this was two weeks ago, but I think our most recent episode, the title was something like all of Michigan's teams are doing great right now, and that's just no longer the case. Ultimate uh, Wolverine Confidential Jinx. Some are still doing well, but not all. So we'll, we'll kind of get to all of that. I figure we'll start with men's basketball team because they are doing well and it's you know sort of the most most relevant right now with march just around the corner you know my favorite time of year personally i love the conference tournaments too you know used to cover smaller conferences where that was and that was cutthroat because only one team got in and that's that's all that mattered and the big 10 tournament's fun but you know it doesn't really matter at the end of the day you know seven eight nine probably ten teams this year are getting in anyway as things stand right now michigan kind of looking like a like a five seed they just keep climbing you know, they're in that like eight nine range uh, just a month or so ago. Now I'm seeing them as as a five, and you could start you know doing projections of okay maybe who do you want to avoid? Uh, you know which one seed do you want to be placed with? Where do you want to go? I actually just uh, threw that out on uh, you know Twitter. There are the uh, eight different spots you can go to in, in no particular order here, uh, not geographic or alphabetical here. Omaha, Nebraska, Sacramento, California, St. Louis, Cleveland, Tampa, Florida, Albany, capital of New York, Greensboro, North Carolina, or Spokane, Washington. Um, And, you know, some fans were telling me they, of course, wanted to go somewhere that if they happen to live close to these cities, others wanted particular start times. They wanted some late tip times for some reason. They want late tip times. Yeah, some do. I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know. I assume you would be the opposite in that preference. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, either way, if you have a super late tip time, you know, you can watch some of the other games during the day. So there's that. Um, I do like taking it all in. But yeah, there's not anyone that's like particularly close. There's no... um, you know, Detroit's not hosting this year. You know, you've got Cleveland. It's like the closest geographically. 
but yeah, we'll we'll see where they where they end up. You know, and then whether you're on that Thursday, Saturday, or Friday, Sunday slot matters, especially with Michigan the last three years in a row now getting to the Big Ten tournament championship game. You know, that Thursday turnaround can be kind of quick. You know, you're playing thir- Sunday afternoon, you're learning where you're going, and if you're playing Thursday, you know, you're kind of warm-up practice day is Wednesday that you're going out. Yeah, basically just turn it around. And, and, you got to learn about it, an opponent pretty quickly. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, Michigan has done well in those settings. They're they're undefeated, 4-0 now in, in neutral sites with, you know, three wins in the Bahamas, and they beat Rutgers at what was considered a neutral site, the Garden, and they've just been winning on the road lately too. So five in a row now away from home, including four true road games, just bodes well for March. Mm-hmm. They're just playing playing really well right now. They got livers back. You know, they hope for good. You know, I'd, I'd like to say the rotation is kind of set, but it's not. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. You never know. Is it going to be Austin Davis kind of chipping in for, for 10 minutes and, and eight points off the bench? Is it going to be Colin Castleton like it was uh, last week against Rutgers? Is it going to be, you know, Dave DeJulius coming off the bench and hitting some threes? Brandon Johns has had big games. You know, all these guys have, not all these guys, but several have started at some point for, you know, various guys getting injured. So things are really coming together. And Franz Wagner is making a, a push for Big Ten Freshman of the Year. Trace Jackson Davis at Indiana has the better the better numbers. But, you know, Michigan being maybe a better team, he might get a little more of a look for that. Either way, he's just playing really well on both ends. You know, the coaches have always raved about kind of what he does defensively that you don't see, you know, getting in passing lanes, cutting off. You know, even if it's not the guy he's guarding, he comes and helps. You know, getting rebounds, uh, you know, as a freshman uh, who's not even, you know, physically, you know, super developed for the Big Ten yet uh, has been impressive. And now the, the outside shot is, is starting to fall a little bit. You know, if you're wondering, now, ah, you know, he broke his wrist. Is that hurting him? Like, yes. I mean, Phil Martelli, an assistant coach, said he thought it was. That he's still kind of coming back from that, finding that stroke. And, yeah, if he can start making that shot, it makes him more dangerous. It makes this Michigan offense more dangerous because the defense – it's really been a remarkable turnaround. Un- unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if you look at when they were struggling, at some of the numbers, some of the opponent's top players were putting up. I mean, even like look at Travion Williams. The first time they played, they had 36 points and 20 rebounds. This week when the, in the rematch, they held them to 18 points, but on 8 of 21 shooting. Right. So, I mean, it's and they've done that against some other guys, too, in, in, the, in rematches recently. I mean, Cassius Winston, they did a good job on him in their latest victory over Mission State. So there's... Their defense has been outstanding during this stretch. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's what's carried this program, you know, for the last few years. And, you know, that's kind of how this team is built. You know, they lost Charles Matthews, which was a huge part of that the last couple of years. But you know, they still have Simpson. They still have Teske. And they still don't have necessarily just those, those awesome, you know, prolific scorers. This is how they're going to have to win. You know, don't turn the ball over. You know, try to make your fair share of the open threes. Shoot high percentage shots. And then just limit other teams. I mean, it has been remarkable. The last team to crack 70 against Michigan, you have to go back to Penn State on January 22nd. So it's been more than a month. You know, it's been eight eight or nine, game, nine games, I think, since then. So, yeah, this team is just is, is really peaking at the right time. And like I said, looking at, you know, in that in that five seed, that's that, you know, the five plays the 12, and then you play the four, and then you're in the upper half of the bracket with, with the one seed. Still probably a little too early to start looking at potential opponents and things like that, but it, it's starting to, to take shape. I mean, Selection Sunday is less than three weeks from, from this past Sunday, so it's an exciting time. I know people in the office are getting excited <laughs> about it, too. A lot There's of been buzz. a lot of talk. Are you guys ready for the... The bracket, and it, it does. It's one thing that does get everyone in the office, sports fan or not, that gets them kind of engaged a little bit and talking a little bit more 
uh, around the office. So it should be should be fun. Absolutely, and Michigan has a chance to you know improve its resume uh, over this the rest of the regular season. Here, four games left. Three of them, as they stand now, would be quad one games uh, in the committee in the eyes of the selection committee, which is the you know top tier of games as they kind of divide things. Home against Wisconsin, at Ohio State, home against Nebraska. That would be the exception, and then they go to Maryland. You know, I think they'll definitely win their two home games, or should. I think they have a really good chance to win in Columbus on Sunday. It's the only place, Ryan, that seniors Xavier Simpson and John Teske have not won in the Big Ten. They've gone to every other building in the Big Ten and come away with a win. That's the last one, and here's their last chance. So you for think two Ohio it's guys, more, it's more that that this the way Michigan's playing recently, or yeah. is it more just with a, what where Ohio State is? At? Yeah, just the way Michigan is playing. I mean, that that first game in Ann Arbor could have gone either way. There was a, a jersey rip at the end that kind of swung it uh, in Ohio State's favor. Um, you know, Ohio State has been very good at, at home, uh, and, and is coming off a win against Maryland on Sunday. But yeah, I just I think Michigan can win that game. But if they don't, they put themselves in a spot where they're okay. You know, just a two and two finish down the stretch. Gets them to twenty regular season wins would put them at eleven and nine in the Big Ten. You know, kind of be in the middle of the pack most likely for for seeding in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, all, all is gravy at this point. They've really uh, they've really turned things around. And I'll also reference uh, you know a story I did on on Jay Smith. He's the director of player personnel and development. I think is what they call it. He's kind of just behind the scenes guy, a second row guy, as I say. He doesn't sit in that that front row of the, of the bench seating with Jawan and the three assistants, but former Michigan assistant. While Jawan was a player, you know, they reconnected after 25 years. You know, he's a really good guy, and I think it's just a really, uh, you know, it's kind of just a nice, I uh, forget the writing of the story. I just mean it's a nice story, literally, in that, you know, Jawan brought him back and kind of their, uh, you know, their connection over these years. So Make sure to check that out on hey. MLive.com. Hey, thanks, Ryan. <laughs> um, the women's basketball team. Coming off a nice win, it was on BTN. I caught some of it. Yeah. Um, you know, at at Michigan State, kind of a little bit of a roller coaster game for them. I yeah. mean, up fifteen at halftime to fall behind by one in, in the fourth quarter, and then go on a seven respond with a seven zero run to take the lead for good there too. And um, like we've said before, I mean, they are in a similar spot where they need to win games here down the stretch. They remain as a number ten seed in the latest bracketology from ESPN's Charlie Cream. Uh, currently tied for six in the Big Ten. They're eighteen and nine overall and nine and seven in the Big Ten. So yeah, I mean it's looking like they have with only two games remaining, they should have enough to get in. Um, especially they're at last place Penn State on Thursday, who only has one uh, win in the Big Ten this year. Assuming they win that game, and then they come home against number twenty two Indiana. So uh, you would think they'd have to win at least one of these games down the stretch, and I'm pretty sure that. Uh, they have a really good shot at being the Nittany Lions. And if they can win, they haven't had many statement wins this year. Like mm-hmm. They do have 18 wins, but not too many where you can say, like, hey, that's a really good win. That win over the Hoosiers would be a really good win, give them a lot of confidence heading into the, the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Where they, they hadn't fared very well like in their entire program's existence, the Big Ten tournament, that is. But mm-hmm. last year, did they win? Two or maybe just one. I feel like they, they won a game or two um, and went down to the wire against Maryland, I think, and lost. But, uh, yeah, they'll have a chance to improve their, their seating there. Yeah, and like you said, you want to get as high as possible and, and even more so in the women's game with, with the top seeds hosting hosting the, the regional site. So Yeah, and, and just the, you know, I think the, there's starting to be more parity, but still there, there is a gap between some of those, you know, those top eight or ten teams for in the sure. country. I, if you're trying to win at least one game, you'd almost rather be 
maybe uh yeah i don't know maybe a 10 seed or something mm-hmm. so but uh we'll see yeah now some of these other teams uh we alluded to in the open have have struggled here on, on the machine campus um since our last update uh, most notably on the uh on the diamond um, yeah i mean Mission Baseball, we are talking last week about how they were ranked number one for the first time in program history. The first time a Big Ten team was ranked number one by Baseball America. And they get off to a good start on the weekend, jump up to a 5 to nothing lead on Friday in the first inning, end up losing 8-7. to seven, And overall, they lost two or three games to an unranked UConn team. So Mission's 4-3 and three now, and all three of their losses have been against UConn. Hmm. So, I mean, I, it's, it's early in the season. I mean, baseball, it depends a lot on, on pitching matchups and whatnot, too. But whether it was striking out too much or not keeping their foot on the gas with the lead or, or the bullpen struggling, I spoke with head coach uh, Eric Backage today, and he definitely sounded frustrated with, with how his team performed over the weekend. And, and they're going to be looking to, to get back on track as they head out to California for their next eight games. Yeah, UConn's been there. They're kryptonite. Maybe, maybe UConn should be ranked now. Jeez. <laughs> Funny enough, is that's UConn, our mission's the only team UConn has beaten oh, this year. Okay. They're, they're three and three with all three of their wins gotcha. against uh, <laughs> against Michigan. So yeah, they lost to to Vanderbilt as well and to Cal Poly, who, who Michigan did beat. So I mean, they have a good resume, except for the other. So, yeah, overall, Michigan dropped number one to number five in the Baseball America rankings and dropped from number nine to number 16 by D1Baseball.com. So, I mean, too early in the season to read too much into that. Um, But like we've said before, you want to get as many wins out of conference as you can because the Big Ten is not traditionally known as a powerhouse in baseball. Right. How about the softball team? Also dropped this this week in the rankings from number eight to number thirteen after going one and three. They improved to ten and zero by beating Liberty one to nothing on Friday. But then it lost its its next three games and the bats went cold. I mean, they lost to Iowa State five to one. They were shut up by number twenty two South Carolina three to nothing, where they managed just two hits. And they lost again to Liberty six to five on Sunday in the game that they led uh, five to one, and then. Allowed some homers late to tie the game and, and lost on a walk-off home run. So, during the need a little. I mean, we talked about this before. They were getting timely hitting, but not consistent hitting throughout the first uh, first couple weekends, and uh, that offense kind of dried up this weekend against teams that I'm sure Michigan thought it should be. To complete the uh, triumvirate, I guess of, of, of failure, not failure, but <laughs> of uh, kind of going the wrong direction this past weekend. The hockey team the as high, well, yeah, and. Two really tough losses. I was at Friday's game. They were storeless games going into the third period both nights, and Notre Dame kind of just took control in the third period both nights. And huge wins for Notre Dame and critical losses for Michigan. I mean, they're now fifth in the Big Ten, and they can either finish second or finish sixth, anywhere in between. It's a huge weekend coming up. They travel to Minnesota, a ranked team who's number second right now in the Big Ten. Um, and they they need a couple wins here, if nothing else, just to be able to host a first-round playoff series in the Big Ten. Because it's looking like now, at this point, that they're going to need to win the tournament to make uh, make the NCAA tournament. They didn't drop in the pairwise at all this year. They remained at number 20, but there's two less games there to mm-hmm. kind of build that resume. And it, it's, it's going to be a long shot. To, to They would have to win these next two games and make it to at least the Big Ten championship. And need some help, I would say, just to get in that large bit. So it's crunch time now on the ice for Michigan. 
And the reason Aaron is not here is because, as we mentioned, he's in Indianapolis to cover the the 11 Wolverines that are uh, participating. I, th- I think that's uh, I think he said it was a tied tied for the the second most uh, of, of any college program this year. Um, I don't know if LSU or Alabama is the team that has more, but either way, um, now not all are participating. I think I saw Josh Uche is, is not going to be doing. Um, you know, yeah, two, two guys stuff. now. Yeah, I mean, okay. which which Uche was a guy that people were talking about. Hey, he can even improve his stack even more yeah. with a, with a strong combine. But uh, yeah, reportedly he he suffered a hamstring injury during the Senior Bowl and and still hasn't fully recovered from that. So he plans to uh, to sit out the testing part. He's still he's still going to do interviews and go through the medical exam and whatnot. But um, isn't going to be able to maybe show what he can do on the field and and pad those numbers a little bit. Same with with tight end Sean McCune. Uh, he says he does not plan to run the 40-yard dash or the shuttle drill this week as he also hurt his hamstring at the Senior Bowl. Uh, at this point, not too much news to report, but follow MLive.com throughout the week. Aaron will have a, a lot more from the combine. Yeah, he had an interesting story after talking with uh, Shea Patterson about what could have been potentially this year for him as a fifth-year player. And then, you know, an update on the, the what has become sort of an annual overseas trip for the for the football team in the spring is not happening, which I can't remember sometimes the conversations that we have them on air here for the podcast that we just have them, you know, among ourselves um, when we weren't hitting record. I don't know. It's not a shock to me. I guess the coronavirus thing was was the kind of new element. But I had heard that they were kind of heading away from an annual trip and make, maybe making it a once every four years thing mm-hmm. so that every player, you know, on the roster who stayed for, you know, a full college career would get to experience that, but not every single year, whether that was sort of a, you know, kind of running out of places to go, overkill, a financial thing. Yeah. We got to find people yeah. to continue to fund this, you know, players not... And not necessarily not appreciating it, but yeah, just kind of okay. Let's make this it a little could more. Could be special. a safety thing too, not even just like with the coronavirus, but just with things how things are overseas too, like sure. the, the safety mm-hmm. concerns as well. So I'm sure there's a lot of factors that played into it. But yeah, it looks like Michigan will be staying uh, countryside for their annual trip this year. Men's basketball team, however, will be going uh, overseas to London uh, to play Kentucky. We knew this already, but just some more details about tickets and things like that. I think it's going this week even. You can you can get them. So be on the lookout for that if you if you want to make that, that trip with Michigan, uh, which will be part of a busy non-conference slate for Michigan. A lot of travel. They go to Oregon next year as well in December, a week before Thanksgiving. They're in New York for a you know, four-team tournament. So, yeah, it'll be on top of, you know, early Big Ten games and an ACC Challenge game, which will most likely be in, in Ann Arbor, but still a lot of high-level basketball games for, for Michigan early next season. But uh, Yeah, I did want to go back to the Shea Patterson thing. Sure. I mean, I can't say it's too surprising that he was trying to uh, – to look to maybe come back for a fifth year, but like I mean, for him to to say that there was a possibility is kind of a little little bit shocking, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I guess he's being honest, but right, uh, right. it's like you didn't, um, you didn't even go that that far down the process, and now you're trying to become a professional, you know, an NFL quarterback. So is that kind of what you're getting at? Like put it behind you and just move on? Yeah, or well, you were surprised I, I, that he was I, well, even I, trying. I, to me, I don't know if Mission necessarily would <laughs> like open the doors for him yeah. that for a fifth year or two. I think they might have turned the page already to yeah. McCaffrey and, and Joe Milton, and maybe this is the easier route for them. Like, I mean, I would assume if Shea did come back, one of them would probably transfer, if not both. Right. And then you would be 
taking away from your depth there and, and hurting yourself even further in the future. So. No, you're, you're right. I think I think they have. You know, he was very good, um, but yeah, they, they certainly have now turned the page to you know the next chapter. Whether which which young quarterback they turn to, we'll see. That's again, that'll be the talk of the of the spring. A month away now until spring football, so it's right around the corner. Absolutely. Well, that does it for this episode of the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Thank you for listening.